Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks family. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the season recap edition of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Emhauser, at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. And uh, looking forward to, to kind of looking back at the season that was, the 2020 wackadoo season uh, that officially, as I said before the season started, if the Seahawks do not win the Super Bowl, this, this season has an absolute asterisk on it. Doesn't really count. Whoever wins it. It's a it's a half it's a half accomplishment. If the Seahawks had won it, it would have been legitimate, but that didn't happen. So this season really doesn't count. Uh, we'll talk about all that and more. Um, we're going to uh, uh, have Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG host for us tonight, Master of Ceremonies for this recap episode. We are bringing you all five of the Real Hawk Talk crew, and uh, Dana, why don't you take it from there? Well, here's the deal. When you asked me to host tonight, I couldn't decide if you were kidding or not. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> I wonder if they know what they've gotten into. Because as you know, I'm considered the positive one. I'm considered the nice one. I'm the one, you know, Pollyanna, I think you guys like to call me. But here's the deal. If I get to ask the questions, then they might be positive only answers. But no, I'm excited. I'm I'm actually excited to talk about this season. Of course, I don't have quite the doom and gloom that you guys have about it. Um, and uh, I actually really enjoyed Russ's presser today. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, but I want to first, before we get into like a season recap, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys now that the dust has settled a little bit. Now that, you know, the, the idea of shoddy not being in Seattle anymore has settled. Is your opinions any different than your initial reaction? Because we got on and we talked about our first reactions to that. Um, a lot of us were surprised. Some of us weren't. 
But now that the dust is kind of settled, has have has any of you have any of your feelings changed at all? And and if not, I'll move right on. But I just thought that maybe after a couple of days, things might feel a little different. I have slowly gotten more positive about okay. um, them finding a better replacement for okay. for him. Um, you know, there's a lot of there was initially a lot of fear in, in the back of my mind that, you know, uh, with Pete's comments that they want to return to running the ball, you know, often effectively, blah, 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 you know, but they, but they have an opportunity to bring in somebody from the outside with a real fresh perspective here, even if it's, you know, conducive to Pete's philosophy new ideas, new voice. I, I think those can be positive things. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm scared to say this, but I'm cautiously hopeful about this. Okay. Anybody else? I was hopeful when it happened. Still hopeful. So same opinions. Jeff, Nathan, same. Feel the same about it. No different. Just kind of meh. Nobody. Yeah, I, I'm the same. <laughs> I, I haven't changed a lot on this. I, I'm still a little bit in shock, but uh, no new thoughts on it, really. I one of the things I really respect about Nathan, um, and there are a number of things that I respect about Nathan, but one of the things I like best we don't always agree on a number lot of, of things. things. Are there a number of things? He's very tall. Yeah. I respect that about him. Uh, you know, he he looks much more like a Viking than I ever will. I respect that about him as well. <laughs> but he he is steady. Like he does not change his opinion, even in the face of new information that makes his opinion seem very wrong. <laughs> uh, he he like he's very steady. I think that that's that's a good thing about Nathan. I like that. I change yeah. my opinions in the face of new information, but yes, well, I, I do. I am steady. I'll... No, I, I was pulling your leg, but I, I do respect that about you. You, uh, you're not easily swayed like other people on this panel. Let me just put it that <laughs> Who way. Who are you talking about? Mm, who could that be? <laughs> who could you be talking about? I'm one of them. Hey, I'm an emotional dude. So it, Nathan's uh, definitely the steadiest. He's like the left tackle of the show. Actually, what are you talking about? Nathan absolutely hates data. He hates analytics and you want to know why I did a 100 visit to Matador science survey with nacho toppings on the side. It was a full scientific discovery, a full scientific process. The data spoke for itself and guess who rejected the results? Guess who rejected the results? That data nerd in the bottom right-hand corner. I'm looking forward to uh, reading your research paper on that. I, I haven't Happy actually, you, you keep forgetting to share the link in uh, the data on that, but. Oh it's uh, on Parler. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Okay. Jeff, you did not get a chance to answer the question. Did you? I oh, know that you was, watched. That was a much more exciting answer that I would have Okay. Awesome. Good. I'll say All this. right. I'll say this. Uh -huh. We did the show the other night. I was very into the idea that he quit. I'm, I don't think he quit anymore. Okay. Okay. What changed that? Because you were in my boat. And then. I think Pete it. fired him. Hearing Pete and then Russell, I think Pete fired him. After listening to, to Russ's um, yeah. presser today, I, I can Russ see that. Russ seemed shocked. Yeah. He seemed bummed. Yeah, yeah. So I think Pete fired him. Yeah. And now. Well, I mean, you don't have to get all back into that, but. It it seems like it's exactly as reported. Pete yeah. went in there. They had a conversation. Pete was clear about what he expected for next year. Shadi was like, that's not what I'm expecting for next year. Pete's like, yeah, but that's what I'm expecting for next year. And they're like, okay, 
and they left each other. Like, I mean, it was a mutual split. It, it, I don't know that it has to be a firing or a quit. It, I think it was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Uh, my initial reaction was is more like Shotty's like, I'm out. This is not. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It seems like that's probably the. That the, was my initial reaction after hearing Pete talk and hearing the Seahawks use that term philosophical difference. But now it's kind of come to head exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Dana, before we got on, yeah. Evan was going to ask us something about. I was just about people. to say. That. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, so before we get into the season, Evan, you said you had a, a burning question for us that you just had to get off your chest. So, this is very topic related, very closely <laughs> topic related. As as all old people on this on this show, and I'm 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 not, that's not a derogatory term. It's just a reflection of reality. So, as old people. Do you ever wake up and things just start to like hurt? Like your leg hurts, your back hurts, shit just starts hurt, hurting. And there's like no logical reason for it. Are you guys hurt? Like, do you guys experience that? Well, my foot, my foot is still in a cast. So yeah, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I woke up with like crazy back pain. So I, I just wanted to ask my fellow experienced old people if that's, if that's the case. With I'd life. say when you turn 30, one of the things you'll notice is you're, you'll be a lot more tired. Oh, buddy, and, I'm already there. I know. And he's things like will 60. start hurting. <laughs> Which is why Pete annoys me because he's like seven years old. He's running up the stairs. I, I can barely fucking get off the couch. I'm like <laughs> half his age. He is insanely athletic. I'm like tired and hurt all the time. It's like, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I know that was a really, really useful uh, slot of show space. So we can continue. Well, I just want to offer that one of the ways that you'll find to help avoid those aches and pains, there's two things actually. One is you wear copper in everything. Copper <laughs> socks, copper like little armbands, like everything's oh. copper. And then the other thing you do is you wear full zip hoodies and it makes you feel really cozy and uh, you don't have to, you don't have to pull it over your head. So you don't get those like shoulder popping out of the joint. It's a huge part of, of keeping yourself healthy and happy as, as you get older. It's true. <laughs> Sorry. Um, moving on. Poor Evan. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's go ahead and dive into this season a little bit. Um, So kind of what Brian said at the beginning, you know, that we kept saying, oh, the season will have an asterisk this season. You know, it's not that big of a deal. It it is a big deal. It's still a season. They managed to play the full season with a few little blips, for lack of a better word. Um, And so I want kind of an idea. And you can give it a grade if you want to. I'm not really into grading seasons because, you know, I just don't think it's that that big of a deal but um you know your overall view thumbs up thumbs down on the season okay but i give you this before we go to nathan because i'm gonna go to nathan first oh boy you cannot pinpoint one thing and say it ruined the whole season i want you guys to look at the entire season overall including the beginning of the season so nathan i'm gonna start with you because i figure we're gonna have to build ourselves back up after that all right, so are we just doing a quick thumbs up or thumbs down? Or yeah, just kind of a real quick, you know, grade? you can if you want to. You can give it a letter grade if you want to. I know not everybody's in that. You can give it thumbs up, but just kind of a general summary of how you felt about the season. 
I mean, it, it was a little bit of a roller coaster for me. I mean, it started off really awesome. Um, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then they just got stuck and couldn't fix themselves. And then they capped it off with a disappointing playoff loss. So, I mean, between the recency bias and, you know, the playoffs kind of being the point of the whole thing, um, I think this was a, a, a and all the questions that, that it's opened up about rest and the future, you know, with him and, and how this offense can work going forward. Uh, to me, this is like a, a C minus type year. It's, it's, uh, it's slightly disappointing. Wow. Okay. All right, Jeff, you were nodding your head. You agree with him? Um, yeah. It's funny you asked this question. I am a thumbs down. And I was just talking to a friend of mine and we were kind of going over like big picture context, like, how would you grade a bunch of these teams in terms of how they progress this year? Like someone like the chargers, for example, like we gave them like an eight because they found their quarterback of the future for them. That's the most important priority Mm -hmm. for the Seahawks from where they are. Their biggest priority was to become a contender. And in that regard for the first half of the year, that looked to be true, but what happened? And now we're left with questions about the quarterback. I'm like Nathan, I'm, I'm close to a C minus because they, lost in the first round they lost the home game they lost to a quarterback who couldn't throw a spiral and they don't look close their goal this year was to turn to a contender they didn't win a playoff game so to me that's a c minus okay brian what about you yeah i mean i like the i like that we're doing letter grades because um you know i don't think it's a pass fail class in some regards and and mm-hmm. thumbs up thumbs down if it was just those things i would say fail and thumbs down overall but for for letter grade for me it's it's more a b minus than a c minus um like i look at it and how long have we wanted to see a heavy pass on early down offense and see what russell would look like in that and we got to see that and we saw dk break the the record for you know receiving yards in a season and we saw tyler break the record for receptions in a season and we have two receivers go over a thousand yards for the first time since what was it blades and and galloway or something Mm -hmm. like that and um i think you know the offensive line took a step forward and brandon shell came out of nowhere to look like someone who could be part of this team for a little while and stabilize the line and damian lewis looks like he can be part of that and and defensive tackle, defensive line wise, like Alton Robinson looks like he could help. And um, Carlos Dunlap looks like he can help. And like, there's a lot of things that Jordan Brooks looks like he's going to be able to. So like, I look at a season, not just with the final result, but, but like, did we step forward, you know, overall? And I think we did. Uh, I think the team did. Um no way you can consider it a successful season for the reasons we've talked about in the past, but um, you know, there was a lot, there's a lot to like about what we saw this year. And I think the thing that maybe I feel most positive about besides the personnel is while everyone has been fighting like crazy about the offense and Pete versus Russ and how they're going to approach the offense. I've been sitting here for five years being like, this defense sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's getting worse. This was the first year since I think 2015 or 14. I can't remember exactly. I have it somewhere that they actually allowed less points than the year before. So like, and that they're ranked higher than they were the year before. So like, I see the defense has turned a corner and I see it, it can get better next year. And that gives me hope that they have something foundationally that they can build off of. 
and they still have Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and all those other players I mentioned. So it's, it's not an F season, but I, I understand why people are disappointed. Um, it, it could have been a lot better than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably in the middle of, of Jeff, Nathan and, and Brian, I'd probably go a C or a C plus. Obviously the result of losing in the wild card round is extremely disappointing, but like Brian said, I do think there's a couple of reasons to reflect on this team and, and be optimistic and positive about them. Number one, I would say, like like Brian said, the defense really turned a corner. What we saw from them in the final eight weeks of the year was nothing short of a completely stunning, stunning turnaround. And I think them moving forward, I'm pretty co- it, they're probably the most confidence inspiring part of the team, frankly. Um, they, they're not really lose. What was that? What a good thing. Yeah. And, and it's, they don't, they're not losing a ton of talent like year over year in, in free agency this next year. Yeah. Shaquille Griffin, KJ Wright are kind of the two big names there, but outside of that um, everybody's locked in for next year. So this defense, I, I don't think it's unrealistic to expect them to get a lot better. Um, the second point I'll just say is like, I don't think this team lacks talent. Like this team has the talent <laughs> on on both sides of the ball on special teams the talent is there to win a super bowl actually in my opinion uh now it just comes down to execution uh being consistent and i think getting better coaching so i i think you know we've complained about this team in years past saying you know the pass rush is garbage which it was you know last year and the year before like they have definitely had clear talent issues in years past but moving forward, this is a talented football team. There's no disputing that on both sides of the football. So, you know, I'm horrifically disappointed that they lost in the wild card round. Obviously, I, I think that's a failure in, in terms of that microscopic lens. But, you know, if they had won in the wild card round and even lost in the divisional round, I think my answer would have been much higher, like a B, B plus. So I think it's important to, from my frame of reference, I'm putting a lot of you know, focus on that wild card game when, when in reality, it doesn't really inform the future that much. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Oh, go ahead. Can I have one more thing, Dana? Sure. So one of the other pieces that I, I think, I think is fascinating is if this had been a season that ended with the offense going on that streak, that nine game streak where they, if they had gone and all of a sudden were scoring 35 points a game, um, you know, even maybe keeping up what they did at the beginning of the season or whatever, flip the season around. They started off really bad and they finished really strong and they lost in the playoffs because the defense was just awful and gave up 40 points. Um, I think a lot of people might've felt in some ways more positive because uh, of like being offensive oriented. I would look at that and be like, man, uh, the defense is, it's really hard to build a defense. And like, if you're just going to keep having year after year, a shit defense, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how good your offense is going to be. So, so to me, the fact is that it's way, like they have made progress in the harder area to build and they've got the talent on offense. So I feel like they're just missing, like they're missing a good OC um, potentially. And, and that's just a lot smaller of a problem to solve, generally speaking, than if they had a whole defense that they needed to build. And I agree with that, especially because of who the quarterback is. So, you know, we look at that and we're, we're like, because I, you guys know I'm a defense lover. I'll take a defense, a good defense any day over a good offense. But 
Um, you know, when you are have a fantastic defense, but you have Jared Goff or some of those other quarterbacks you cannot trust or cannot rely on, that's a much bigger hurdle to get over, in my opinion. But you have a good defense and a quarterback you normally can trust. He just had a bad half a season. And literally, guys, that's what this was. Half a season, right? Then you trust that they can fix that quicker. And so that, to me, gives me a lot of optimism about this team, especially um, because I like defense so much. But overall, I, I agree with just about everything you guys said. I would give this team like a middle B to a B minus also, just because you saw in the offseason them really attacking the need. And then when they didn't get there far enough, they went and got done left. They were, they were addressing what they needed to address at the time. I just don't think that they knew they needed to address the offense at the time. So now hopefully they'll come back and, and get that fixed. Um, but I will never, ever look at a 12-win season as a bad thing. Now I get it because it, to me, this is a little different 12-win season than the Steelers 11 wins, right? Like, I mean, we get that, right? That whole team. I don't know. Hard. I think it's very it is. No, Jeff, it is. It is. I promise you. remarkably similar season. <laughs> uh, no, sh- that is not allowed in my, this is my forum. We don't, we don't say nice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, no, I get what you're saying. There I get go. it. No, I get it. I totally get it. It just hurts me that anyone would compare the Seattle Seahawks and the Steelers. But, um, Look, but I think the Steelers, you, I'm sorry, continue. You. Thank you, Evan. Thank you. Fucking but, um, yeah, so, but I don't know. I just feel like we, that Seattle has a, a smaller hill to climb than let's say the Steelers do. No, long-term, they are one of the most fucked teams in the NFL. If you study oh. cap and you study Evan, he's got a $40 million cap hit. Yeah. My grade and Nathan's grade might be similar is for the first time in the last two years, when they lost in the playoffs, it was pretty easy to identify what the issues were that the the defense wasn't good enough the the coaching was too conservative and if russell was incredible in both those games this is the first time i'm left with questions about the quarterback mm-hmm. and to me that is a huge huge story they fired their offensive coordinator there are questions about what this offense is to me it's not as simple as you bring everyone back and everything's fine to me there's questions that need to be fixed and that dictated my grade more than anything else. Cause it's the first time I've really had those questions. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know if you can really do the hypothetical of, well, if, if you flip the season and the offense had ended on a strong note, you know, cause, cause you're just in such a different spot then if the, if the offense ends in a strong note and you know, they had been like slowly ramping up the passing instead of ramping down the passing, then shoddy's not getting fired and you're not having Pete talking about, we're not arguing about how important the run is again and, and all that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, if the offense was stronger at the end of the year, I mean, you know, for me, there's priors and stuff involved there that would make me feel better about it. But also I think the team just is in a fundamentally different spot. If the offense is, is ascending instead of cratering right in the second half of the year. I just want to make sure I understand this. So, so are you saying that, you think the team would be in a better position there? You'd feel more confident about their ability to like to put a defense together or, or, or what? I just mean like you don't have all of these questions that you have about the offense right now, right? Sure. If the offense is, is playing in the second half, the way it played in the first half, you feel good about the offense. You feel good about the game plan going forward. You feel much better about Pete having, uh, you know, allowed the offense to open up in that way. Right. And 
instead, because it is reverse, it's not just that, oh, the offense was bad at the end and we like offense. It's, oh, they fired their offensive coordinator and uh, there's questions about Russ and Pete's now talking about how they need to get back to running more. And so it's it's not, and a lot of that is like, I mean, for a lot of people, people Pete saying getting back to running is a good thing for them, right? But like for me, obviously that's concerning. And so that is, I think, a big part. It's, it's not just about, oh, I love offense, right? Or, oh, I love rest or something like that. It's, I think if you put the, the season and you flip it, it's just a very, very, very different discussion. And it's not just because of when, it, when one side of the ball was playing better. The part about that that makes a lot of sense to me is if you flip it, what it means is you figured out how to optimize your most valuable right. asset. I get that. Against those opponents too. And, and I think that what we're faced with now is still questions about how to get the most out of Russell Wilson. Yep. Exactly. And there's debates about that. And that's, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that, Dana, but, but uh, uh, I get that. Yeah. But I, I, I still, I think reasonably speaking, I think that the Seahawks are in better position to build uh, more success offensively than they would have been if they had had another disastrous defensive season. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think we should clarify too, like I think when we're giving these grades, we're giving them relative to the Seahawks, right? Not relative to the league. So like a C is- Oh, for sure. Right, right, right. A C is what you expected the Seahawks to do this year, right? Obviously, if we're talking about like how good of a season the Seahawks have relative to the NFL, I'm I'm more like a a B or a B plus, right? Exactly. Because you can make an argument, for example, using the same grading that like the Jaguars could get an A because they've landed, they've set up to get their quarterback. Yeah, exactly. This team had a two and 14 season- you'd say F times the thousand, but mm-hmm. yeah, context really important. Yeah. It, I, and I think that is because a lot of people, like I've told you guys, I send you guys the, the tech, the oh. tweets that people send me, they're like, Oh my God, you guys have got to quit complaining. Yes. We understand that this is a good team. We get that. We just have expectations, some higher than others. <laughs> we have expectations <laughs> that, um, you know, the, from this team because they're so good. And and I, I think that's a really good clarification. So I'm glad you- You sound that. like me right now. Are you doing oh, okay? No, I don't yeah. ever sound like Was that you. Evan Hill talking? No, it really Every wasn't. Every week I you thought. guys kind of transform into each other. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> Dana, totally true, Dana. Dana, Dana is it. so <laughs> deeply offended by this and I love it. Yeah, that's really okay, not. I'm, I'm sure that we have some people that are are really good with like uh with the the, the computer graphics and the whatnot and the MS Paint and the Adobe's and all that good stop stuff. It. Just stop it, right? Somebody, now. please do a Dana and Evan face swap for us. No, please don't. So we can just oh, see what their final Evan. form is going to be in about poor a year Evan. when they merge together completely. Uh, especially if you can get Evan's face on a full zip hoodie body. I think that. Would- <laughs> Hey Brian, hey Brian, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let's move on, you guys. All right, let's keep going. So um I want because this is who I am, whether you guys like it or not, I want you guys to tell me your favorite player. Favorite player on offense, favorite player on defense. Not nothing negative just our favorite player from offense and favorite player from defense and why and it doesn't have to be the obvious i mean it it can be dk because he had a fantastic year it can be tyler because you know whatever it is or you know heck it could be rashad penny if you wanted because he managed to come back but tell me why you um appreciated what this player did this is gonna kill nathan (laughs) no 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 i'm trying to decide which one to pick all right evan i'm gonna let you go first 
Does this Jason Myers? I, I, I knew you were going to say that, which is why I felt you go first. <laughs> Does Jason Myers count as an offensive Absolutely. player because He's he scores points. points? That's actually a good oh, answer. Yeah. Frequently, no. We, I'm. Here's the thing. I make jokes about Jason Myers because, yes, obviously the contract was an interesting decision, although it was relative to, you know, other NFL contracts, not a big deal, you know. Um, but the dude didn't miss, you know, a field goal this year. And last year was disappointing. So <laughs> my half serious, half not serious answer is like, Jason Myers was a stud this year. And mm-hmm. we should feel confident in our kicking situation going forward because Pete loves to kick long field goals and we need a good kicker for that. Which team was it? You guys that went through like four kickers this year. Who was that? There was a team that went through like three or four. Rams went through three at least. I know. Did they? I couldn't. I thought I was thinking it was an East Coast. I actually think that's a good answer. Evan. like, he was way above expectations this year. For sure. What about defense, Evan? Oh, defense. That's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to go with Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap was insane this year. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what his final sack number was, but I know like in the four weeks, like after we traded for him, he had more sacks than any Seahawks defender from last year did the entire season. So he is uh, somebody obviously who fell out of good graces in Cincy and John picked him up for a seventh rounder and um, you know, in a, in a player that wasn't even a starter for us and and he's under contract for next year so pe- a lot of people don't realize that carlos dunlap is under contract ne- for next year and it's like so, it's like 11 or 12 million dollars i'd have to check but like relative on the pass rushing scale mm-hmm. i mean pass rushers like top end pass rushers are getting like 20 25 million a year 26 27 million a year joey bosa just got 27.5 per year so like on the value scale it's an insanely good uh, situation for the Seahawks. And he's thrilled to be here, which even makes it more fun. Love that. All right, Nathan, how about you? Um, yeah, so I'm just, I guess, answer it as, uh, like, who do I just like the most? Like, my, who's just the most fun for me? Sure. Um, and I, I, you know, offense, it's easy. It's DK, right? Um, he's awesome in, like, every way. On field, off field, right? He's He's super cool. Um, you know, the largent jerseys and all that stuff is awesome. Um, <clears throat> on defense, I think I have to go Dunlap as well. Um, you know, there's a couple honorable mentions there with like a guy like Puna maybe and uh, mm-hmm. a couple others. But uh, yeah, the, the impact that Dunlap had, Dunlap had and, and yeah, he, he was awesome this year. So I, I'm going to take a little side note. I want your guys' opinion. So I don't know if you guys saw that Jaron Reed posted that he had had good and a great year, no matter what additions they made. And it was right after Pete said, you know, that Dunlap was one of the most important additions. I don't know. I thought that was a little dig, but that's just me. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah. huh? I, actually, I actually did not see that tweet. Yeah. Jen Reed, well, we, we made fun of it in our group chat, <laughs> but, but, but good to know he tweeted. Evan, that. Evan, that doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. Uh, Brian, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, uh, DK easily for favorite on offense. Um, love, love everything uh, about him, including the fact that I think he is just scratching the surface of what he can be. And he just broke the franchise record for yards in the season. I mean, the guy like fumbled a touchdown at the one inch line. He dropped all these passes. Like he, he has so much more 
um, that he, he wasn't targeted by his quarterback enough or by the offensive coordinator, whoever was the reason, like he can be so much more and he was still an all pro this year. So mm-hmm. I love that about him. I love that he gets under opponent skin. Like I love, he is legit swag, like on that team. And it, it's no, like it's, it's, it, there's no posing going on there. And I love that. I think this team needs a little bit more dog. In, mm-hmm. in there. Can I ask you a question on, on DK, Brian? I'll decide if I'm going to answer, but just go ahead. <laughs> is, is DK relative to his contract and his skill, the most valuable asset the Seahawks have? Yeah, I think there's no question. Top, top, a top end receiver is 20 million plus, right? Like, yeah, 20 even. Yeah. So like, and this, he could be, he could be the best overall receiver in the game within a year or two. So yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Second round pick. I mean, making like a million bucks. Crazy. Uh, defense. Um, defense. I'll go with DJ Reed. Uh, Really loved, same thing, loved his attitude as well. Not just that he played well, but the guy played physically for his size. He he runs support. Um, He didn't back down from anybody. Uh, Made smart plays on the ball. Um, Filled a huge need, and I think it was a big part of the turnaround. So that would be the, that would be the guy that stands out for me. Awesome. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that pickup. That's a good pickup. All right, Jeff. Okay, those are basically all the answers I could have given. <laughs> I'm going to take a totally different spin on the question. Awesome. And I'm going to give, yeah, Dunlap. You guys know how much I love Dunlap. And mm-hmm. I'm going to give two guys who played above expectations for me this year. And so they were kind of my mm-hmm. favorites. On offense, I'm going to go Dwayne Brandt. Mm. And I thought Dwayne, he's such an important guy in the locker room. He really sets the tone. And he came off a down year last year where he got injured at the end. And at his age, everyone was like, well, they need a left tackle in the draft. Why don't they draft a left tackle? Dwayne was as steady as they come. He was a pro bowl to all pro level all year. And he really kind of shows how valuable he is in the league because there's a lot of questions at other spots on their offensive line. To have just a steadying force, especially when they went more up to the passing game. Dwayne played in every game. I thought I thought he was as good and as important as any player. Like maybe it's recency bias. Like if you asked me eight weeks ago, I clearly would have said DK, but his numbers kind of dropped off at the end. And that's probably more of a systemic issue than a DK issue. So I'll hold off on that one for now. And using the same logic, because Dunlap is my guy and Puna is a great answer. Puna really stepped forward this year. Mm-hmm. I'll go KJ Wright on defense. And KJ is a guy that we were talking about releasing to make room for Clowney. And he was a guy that we thought he's in his thirties. He's old. They drafted a replacement for him. He had to switch positions. He had surgery by many measures. KJ had his best season as a Seahawk mm-hmm. and he switched positions after Bruce Irvin got injured and he had to hold the edge. And if like, if you watch that game where they won the division, KJ was a dominant player in this game. And honestly, he might've played his way out of Seattle. He played too well because now he's talking and leaking the media. He wants his money, but 
I thought he was awesome this year, playing a new position at his age. He's not the guy in coverage anymore, and they found a way to utilize his strengths. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great this year. He really was. You know, I, I have to say, I think we really dodged a bullet with Clowney. I, I, I know that they're, like at the beginning, everyone wanted him. Everyone was all in. Um, but, um, you know, that sort of thing. But I just really... I just, that was a huge bullet and Titans fans are furious. So I, I'm glad we did that one. Um, so I'm going to have to, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're so wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you were not, you were not Dana. You were right. <laughs> but a lot of us on this pod were dead wrong. So yeah. Good, good on you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have to say my favorite on offense is Chris Carson. Uh, I, for sure. Without any question. What a surprise. No, I only said it to make Nathan make a face. <laughs> And he did. And thank you. You didn't even choose the best this year. Like push button, Dana. You know exactly. Like Dana's become a posture. Quarter, you get the response. I at least expected you to pick like the best Seahawks running back, but oh, look at you. No, I, I, I'm kidding. And I do love the run game. You know, I would. I'd still have Marshawn Lynch in this team if I had anything to say about it. But, um, but I know it just drives Nathan crazy. That's why I said it. Um, you know, on offense, um, I, this might seem really cheesy to you guys, but I'm still going to pick Russ. I, I still think that I know he had a bad half a season, but I just think he's so dependable. And I really like his attitude. I know you guys don't think it's all business answers and the answers, but I really like his attitude. So I'm going to pick Russ. And that's a big step for me because I don't like offense and I really don't like quarterbacks. So that's a big step for me. But on defense, um, I'm going to have to go Jamal Adams. And I think this is where a lot of us differ. We kind of got into it a little bit during our chat. Um, I think he was worth absolutely everything they gave up for him. And I know that not everyone agrees with me here. Okay. Um, but I think it's funny though, because people, you know, and I say people in your group, cause it's not just you guys, you know, bitch and moan about how the Seahawks draft and how they're not good talent evaluators and they go all out and, you know, but then complain when they give up their first round for a proven young talent. I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it, but I think he's worth everything. I'm thrilled he's on the team. I love his energy. And it goes back to kind of what Brian was saying about DK, that this team was missing that swag. They were missing that chip. They were missing the loudmouth Richard Sherman on the corner. Like that's how I loved this team. So I'm really glad that he is back there. So, all right, so let's move on. Um, I want to talk about the upcoming free agents and not free agents from the team, but Seattle. And I want to know from you guys, who, who do you guys think it's most important for Seattle to re-sign? Now I know we touched on this a couple of episodes back, but I want to get a little more thought, especially as the way the season ended now with shoddy being gone, your guys' thoughts on, on who you guys think from Seattle is probably the most important and it can be one or two if you guys really feel that you know that strongly about a couple of them but but let's start um Brian let's start with you this time um on who you really feel is important out of the Seattle team and then we will go out and talk to other teams about other teams for do you mind before Brian even answers if I list off just some of the high please do that'd be great yeah so these are unrestricted free agents um Shaquille Griffin David Moore uh, Brandon Jackson, actually, no, not Brandon Jackson. <laughs> I was reading something else. Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Posick, uh, Nico Thorpe is an unrestricted free agent. Oh. He's kind of somebody under the radar. We should think about, uh, Mike Upati, uh, Carlos Hyde, Benson Mayoa, 
Jacob Hollister, uh, Quentin Dunbar, Bruce Irvin, KJ Wright, and Greg Olson. Yeah, the only like the only like truly valuable starter in that list is is KJ Wright. Um, I think you could lose every one of those guys and probably not miss a beat. Um, I think Quinn Dunbar could be the biggest upside value, like value relative to cost. But um, I would not lose a single wink of sleep if he signed elsewhere. There's a bunch of other corners to to pluck off the market. So I would go with KJ. Um, Might be hard to keep him, but that would I think that that would be the most valuable for sure. Okay. Jeff, what about you? I'm going to go with none of them. I don't think any of those players are worth resigning unless it's at a bargain deal. Um, I just said KJ was my favorite player on the team. I don't think it's smart to pay two linebackers in this era in terms of team building, in terms of other issues they need to address. Um, Chris Carson is a good running back. I don't think you can pay him. Posick turned into a bit of a pumpkin in the second half of the year. Brian kind of nailed that one. He kind of sucks. Um, I love how you started calling players pumpkins. Yeah. It is. It's, just, it's when they, Cinderella. Yeah. It's so it's, funny to me. Yeah. It's, I don't see one player on that list that I think is that important. I think you can replace guys in frame And I think none of these, I think all of these guys are the kind of players that you're, you like, do not pay. You can replace them. I think every single one are replaceable. Jeff, I want to counter that though. So with KJ specifically, because earlier when we did talk about this a couple of episodes ago, pretty much all of us agreed KJ was requirement to come back. And Mm -hmm. and I think that the reason, my reasoning for that anyway, is the way that KJ and Bobby play together. It's much like the Legion of Boom was. You separated them. They weren't that great on other teams. You had to keep them together. It's the way they played together. And so I worry a little bit of removing that safety net from Bobby and, and then seeing how that affects the rest of the team. At the same time, I don't think you can pay him top dollar due to his age. I, I do agree with you there, but that, that's my only caveat. I agree with you. And if all things were even and the Seahawks were flush with space, it's fair. And if this was Madden, yes. <laughs> pay two 30 year old linebackers. And when I saw that Josina Anderson tweet saying, I want my money, that's when I kind of crossed KJ off the list. Mm-hmm. I think he's. If he wants $10 million a year, I don't think that's smart. I don't. Think yeah, just to be clear, I agree with Jeff. I think that you miss KJ Wright the most out of that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not that means you should sign him for what he wants to be paid is a totally different question. Well, and that depends on that dollar amount, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that really does. I got into it with someone on Twitter. They're like, oh, he'll take the hometown discount. And it'll be yeah, fine. That's what, no one is going to take I think a lot of people thought a 30-year-old linebacker who's in his third yeah. contract won't cost that much. Yeah, no, not the way I, think I think he played too well, honestly. I think he played his way out of Seattle. I think you might be right. Um, Nathan, what about you? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I think higher on Quill than I think most folks are here at this point. Um, so I do think that losing him would be uh, a problem, but he's kind of in the same boat as KJ for me. Like I I think he's likely to get paid more than he's worth or more than you want to pay him. Um, Mayo though is an interesting one um, that I think that that I hope they can bring back. Like he's not going to be the, he's not the most important guy on this list. um, But I thought he started playing quite a bit better and he is someone that maybe can uh, come back at a pretty good price again. So if I'm like, you know, 
who do I really kind of want to see come back out of that mm-hmm. list? I think it, it might be Mayo. That's a good call. Mm-hmm, definitely. Good. And did did someone say that Bruce Irvin had to have another surgery? Did I mm-hmm. read that? Oh, yeah. God, that breaks my heart. He was so jacked to come back. I was, oh, that, that's the emotional man. Broke my heart. But all right, Evan, what about you? So same answer as, as Jeff and, and Brian, really. There's, there's nobody that I look at on this list and say, you know, they absolutely need to re-sign this player. And that's why I'm really not too worried about their cap situation. They, they have money, you know, they have 18 million right now projected with like a 177 cap or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of rumors and talk that's going to be 190 or higher. So do the simple math. We're talking 30 million right off the bat and that, and if you want to cut Jaron Reed, it's an extra 9 million in, in, in year one cap savings. So they have the space to, you know, pull the trigger on an outside move if they want to, but internally looking the only other sort of value play I could see them going and you guys might balk at this, but I think Mike Upati is an interesting candidate for uh, re-signing. I I know he struggled towards Mm -hmm. the end of the year, but he started off really well. He had a good stretch of games and I, I mean, I just want to keep keep the offensive line together as much as possible. I, I understand, you know, they, they declined as the season went on, but, you know, he's an absolutely capable starter in, in a really good backup if, if that's what his role was to be. So from a value perspective, I, I think Mike Upati could be an interesting one, but like outside of those, like maybe, maybe you throw another like vet minimum dart at Philip Dorsett and see if, you know, he, he could play next year and, and what that would change the offense and, and look like. But that side of that, these guys aren't deal breakers. They're really mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, on your potty, I'll be shocked if he doesn't retire. He was That's dealing with the whole second half of the year. I think he's, I don't think he's able to play anymore, but I don't, I think there's some names you didn't mention, or maybe I didn't hear it. So like, um, Philip Dorsett, um, Nick Ballore, um, David Moore, Delano Hill, Chris Carson. Did, did you say Chris Carson? I think you did. Maybe you didn't. Um, so there's just uh, Cedric Abwehi. It's another name. Jacob Hollister. So um, I skipped over about- the worthless. I'm just kidding. If you're talking about bringing back Philip Dorsett, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it maybe in terms of who's available out there, but I feel like there's some pretty intriguing options that would make me more interested than Philip Dorsett. But he's a, he's a, he's a guy, Brian, though, that like you pay on a vet minimum deal and if he's shit in camp, you just cut him. I was surprised though, because wasn't there some rumblings early in the year after Dorsett got hurt that, Dorset had maybe not been on the up and up with them about his injury situation. So I was surprised when Pete was mentioned that maybe they get him back or cause he did call that out. Right. Elaborate please. Yeah. Because this is new. No, he said, so I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, specifically what happened was in one of Pete's pressers talking about Philip Dorset prior to the announcement of the injury. Um, when he started missing practices and training camp, Pete said, yep. Apparently he had, he had a foot issue we weren't aware of. And it was almost those exact words. And, you know, and then all this happened. And I had said in these shows before Pete had said that, I was like, Pete's, when he's been asked about Philip Dorsett, 
his tone has changed the last week or two. He was like super crazy and positive. And then it wasn't that he was even disappointed. He sounded annoyed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was my, I thought it was pretty clear <laughs> that he seemed pretty upset about it. But Nathan, you're right. I mean, either Pete's just lying again. You know, he said Shadi was going to be back too. So who knows? Yeah. So I think my answer to this question would have to be completely counterbalanced with who is available out in the world compared to what we have. You know, if there's a ton of cornerbacks out there that could be had at a decent price that are good, then maybe the money that Shaquille Griffin would need to stay isn't worth it because we can get someone else at that at that position or or the same in the linebacker situation I think that you have to balance that a little bit with what else is out there and how realistic is it that you can get them because you know fans aren't always realistic so let's talk about who else is available let's talk about free agents from other teams coming out this year that intrigue you that fit a position you think Seattle needs and might be able to be had um, I don't know if anyone wants to list off can a bunch I, of people. Yes, I know can you're I so off? excited. Please I'm go so ahead. dying. So I got one, <laughs> I, I've got a bunch, but I'm just gonna say one that I think would be I mean, David Moore, goodbye, Philip Dorset, goodbye. Hello, John Ross. Mm. 26 years old, will not make almost any money. Tell me that this offense would not love having John Ross on it keep going brian i'm almost there (laughs) i'm almost there brian i mean there's a there's a bunch of receiver names like i mean there are there really are i mean he really is only 25 he's 25 26 he won't be 26 till november yeah so like crazy he to me like come home dude let's do it make that happen (laughs) i would so much rather watch him play than philip dorsett so. That's saying something coming from a Ducks fan. I'm not a Ducks fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, name off some others. Get you excited, Brian. Well, I'll, I'll just say some other receivers since I'll start there. Okay. AJ Green. AJ Green is 33. I don't know what he's going to make on the open market. I don't know what he's going to look for. If he's looking to play for a contender with a good quarterback and the Seahawks have, there's been some rumors of interest in the past. Sign me up for that. I'll take, I'd take him. Um, I think there's some other, you know, I don't know what Sammy Watkins will probably be priced out of what they'd be willing to pay, but he's also a really interesting fit in terms of, you know, catching the deep ball. I think Corey Davis from Tennessee, he'll probably get, he's too young and and has upside. So he'll probably get too much money, but he's six foot three. Um, He's interesting to me. Um, even guys like Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco, like I think he's better than David Moore. Um, so I could keep going, but but uh, you know those are. Um, it is crazy to me that Juju Smith Schuster makes a million bucks. Like talk about good deals. Like that's and a- everyone says he's down in Pittsburgh. Come, come, yeah. Juju, come. <laughs> so th- those are those are a couple names on the receiver front, but man, like. I love getting the young guys that are undervalued that have high upside and John Ross just fits that to a T. Awesome. You know who is a free agent? Von Miller. (laughs) Yeah. Just plug him in, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Clowny is too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, 
no no clowny talk this year at all banned forbidden i would consider bringing back clowny oh for christ's sake at a depressed cost nope why why because he's because he can't stay on the damn field he's proven it every single season and he won't come back at a depressed cost. He still thinks he's God's gift to the planet. So therefore, he's going to want a ridiculous amount of money. And then he'll hold out. And if he doesn't get what he wants, he'll pout on the sidelines and not play. Well, no. Move on. We have other people. Love That's it, my Dana. Fire. Sorry. Damn. I don't know how to respond to that. Tony uh, <laughs> is in shambles somewhere, crying in a corner. No, he's not. Like, he's like, oh, who's that chick? Who cares? <laughs> Oh um, my gosh. Can I, well, you, you were kind of asking this, Dana, but I'm kind of curious just generally, even like we can get into all the, we could, we could spend three There's hours. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. For, I'm kind of curious where folks like positionally where you want to prioritize because the obvious thing might be, hey, well, we were losing Shaquille Griffin and Quentin Dunbar. We need to get a corner. So let's pri-. I almost wonder like, is anyone like, hey, we should prioritize offensive line. Like, like, you know, Brandon Shell, we, we freaked out about him. He's not even that good. He's like a mediocre right tackle, which was a huge upgrade over Jermaine Effetti. But like, what does that mean? If you get like, do you go for Corey Lindsley? Like, do you put a lot of money into my answer? That was my answer. Like get, get a, like, I'm kind of curious just positionally if people are like, where you, where you guys are at, where you would want them to spend their money. Right there. You got to play Aaron Donald twice a year. And you have left guard and center where Ethan Posick's a free agent. Mikey Potty might retire. If you can stabilize one of those spots with a high-priced free agent, to me, that's a huge deal. Because without a first-round pick, without a third-round pick, doesn't leave you much room in the draft. I'm more of a draft of receiver kind of guy than sign one in free agency. I think they still screwed up last year, even though I don't think it would have changed much this year. I think they, Brian, you've talked about hitting the strength of classes. I think they really screwed up by not doing that last year. Um, For me, a veteran spot is tight end. I think Greg Olson was a whiff. Will Disley was not the same player this year. And we talk about Russell middle of the field. He's not a free agent, but Zach Ertz is a guy that I think they could trade for. I Um, think he'll be back in Philly. You're forgetting about Jacob Hollister, buddy. Free agent. I know. They need you should re-sign him. His favorite I think player. They need to have a middle of the field option for Russell, whether that's a receiver, because DK and Lockett, they have their strengths. They're more boundary players. They don't have that middle of the field weapon. It became this year too many shots to Disley and Halster, and they are what they are. So I think tight end is a spot where they need something better there. Cause I think that would help unlock a part of Russell's game that's lacking. What about corner? Wait, wait, wait. Before you go offensive uh, offensive line, I'm kind of just curious. Would you guys rather like they paid like a guy like Mike Pouncey, who's 32 and you know, but has quality, or re-sign a guy like Ethan Posick and for cheaper? Like and just or or are you thinking you want to go for top of the line like Corey Lindsley uh, money? I'd want to go top of the line on offensive yeah, line. I think that's Even the one place to really get a receiver. Uh... <sighs> know, you look... It's tough. Um... Look at New Orleans. You look at Green Bay. Look at who their receivers are. They're not. They're not. They have one guy and then a bunch of filler. 
they have great centers, great offensive lines. And I think you, I think that's, I think that's more important. Well, especially because Russell is what the most sack quarterback in league or great. Yeah, at the top you got to play Aaron Donald. You got to play yeah. Bosa and Kinlaw. Oh, Bosa's going to come back. That's, you need good. Like you got to put Aaron Donald's just going to wreck and to have Posick back. I think that would be pretty discouraging. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that if you're going to like, if you're going to splurge somewhere, I think offensive line makes sense. I mean, I think they need to invest at wide receiver. I think that they should probably grab a tight end. Um, you know, we can talk about cornerback and some other spots too, but um, yeah, I mean, cause I think what Brandon Scherf's a, a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Corey Lindsley. So, you know, it, there's what's that? Jermaine Fetty is a free agent. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He had like two good games where he was rated really well by PFF, right? Uh, yeah. So I think that's where I think if I had to pick one, I, like I, there are some receivers that are pretty interesting to me, but um, I think ultimately, yeah, I mean, with Aaron Donald and, and all that, I think you prioritize the, the line. I'm going to be honest, guys. We need to dedicate like an entire show to free agency or oh, free sure. agents in general. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. I agree for sure. Um, so I, I guess if I had to pick one, I, I would pick the line too. I think what's interesting is that I know that you can draft a wide receiver. You can, you know, go out and find it. But when you need one that fits a specific need, Seattle has two very specific wide receivers. They need a very specific kind of third wide receiver to balance it out. Then you might want to go in, look at the young guys who are out there available in the league and see who fits that whether you trust the Seahawks evaluation of them or not, but to see if they've kind of fit that. I, I think that that's true. Um, I think that what we, what I'm hearing anyway, for most of you guys is that we all pretty much agree that the defense is, is pretty good. Cornerbacks a question for sure. We'll have to get that filled in that sort of thing. But for the most part, pretty settled there. They just need to look at that offense just a little bit more. I agree there. All right. Um, let's move on. I want to talk about, I was going to, you guys said that sometimes you guys talk about your favorite game. I'm afraid though, that you guys are going to say you don't have one. <laughs> I have one. Do you have, well, what's your favorite game, Jeff? Week one. That uh, was mine too. I love Week one was week so one. good. It like was they, so good. They flipped the offense. They were winning comfortably the whole time. Jamal Adams had an incredible game. I was just riding a high like that. That wasn't one of those games where the defense blew it. Like the next couple, everything was good about that game. Like, yeah, they gave up a shitload of yards, but it didn't yeah. matter. They ran through for four, over 400 yards that day. Yeah, like, it didn't yeah, really yeah. matter. They, they never, we never worried they were going to blow the game like New England or Dallas. Or... Right. That game was like. Russell. Yeah, that was my favorite too. I was going back looking over them again when I was getting oh, the that, that game was awesome. So fun. Look, everyone else just looks sad. It's just me and you, Jeff. Just... You know what <laughs> game actually, you know what game actually be, ended up being really impressive in hindsight was that yeah. Dolphins game. Yeah. In Miami, that in hindsight, looking at that schedule, it might be their most imp- like a slog. Yeah, it might be their most impressive win. Mm-hmm. They beat everyone else in the NFC West. I, I like the first 49ers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won by 10. They, That's awesome. when they won by 10, right? Yeah. They were up like 31 nothing or something, 30 to three going into the fourth quarter or something. They just were. They, they like ended Garoppolo's season and almost ended Kittle's season. And like, not that I heard him and I was happy about that, but they were just like, Bobby had like three sacks and was like, they just dominated. That was fun. I was like beating the 49ers, which Definitely. we switched this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those first three games were 
super fun. Uh, the, the Patriots game was really fun. The Cowboys game was really fun. But I think, yeah, you guys are right that the Falcons won because it was complete. Adams looked amazing in that game. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like the funnest game maybe, but the second Rams game was pretty great. Uh, shutting down that that team, getting a win against that team finally, you know, doing it pretty convincingly, even if it didn't like look super pretty all the time. Uh, that was a really good game too. Awesome. For sure. Okay. Um, yeah, the first game of the year. It was I was so excited about the rest of the season after that game. It was so fun. All right. So now this is kind of a two-part one and 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 we can I know that we're at our hour, so we have to kind of watch time just a little bit, but I want to know from you guys to kind of thinking back over the season. And what was the one factor, quote unquote, that either good or bad, that kind of summed up this season? Like, what was it that kind of got you to your peace with the season or still has you upset about the season? And I know it's real obvious to say, oh, the offensive decline, but a little more specific than that. What was it that that was the, the either good or bad, either however, I'm letting you guys spin it either way that you want to, that was kind of it for the whole season for you guys. And let me give you a little example of what I meant so you guys can think about this for just a little bit. So for me, the factor of this season, the one thing that just sits in my head about this entire season is the resurgence of the defense, even though they had some pretty big injuries, even though, you know, we like Bruce Averno was out immediately, even though he looked good in the first couple of games, you know, there was just a lot of question marks that surrounded it. And the fact that they just fought that fought that fight for me that that I saw out of them was just so encouraging and and so good after how bad they had been. Um, So that's what sits in my head, Pollyanna. Yes. But that's what sits in my head about this entire season. It's not about Russ and him having a bad season and the offense getting off kilter and, we knew that, you know, they were changing it up anyway. It was really that just deep down fight from the gut that we really saw come out of the defense. So that that's kind of what I mean by the one factor. So I, I would, I think that's a good one, Dana. My description of this season, like the, my, my takeaway is like, this was a season of priors. Like people got their priors confirmed on let Russ cook at the beginning. And then people that were like, and then people had to eat it about being wrong on that. And then pe- people that were saying that that was the great solution saw it not work in the second half. And all those people that thought Russ sucks got their priors confirmed. And then people that said that Pete wasn't going to be able to, you know, let someone else run the offense. Like, like basically like everybody, no matter what side of, the various debates you were on, you were both right and totally wrong this season mm-hmm. at some Very point. True. Like at every, there's no one that can say that they got this right this year because everybody was wrong, like horribly wrong at, at, at least some point of this season in, in what they believe to be true. And uh, I just, I don't like that in some ways, but in other ways I'm kind of like, Hey, uh that was that keeps our open minds uh maybe we'll learn something new next year all right nathan what about you um yeah i mean mine's not a positive one i'm gonna remember that washington game i think a lot um that for me is kind of a microcosm of, of this team um now like you know where the defense was 
resurgent, but it was against a quarterback that got cut a week later. Um, the offense did enough, but it looked completely lost for the most part. Um, and it was just in the middle of that stretch where, you know, all that was going on. And, and to me, that was where I kind of jumped off the, the like, this team can, has a chance to, to be a serious contender. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was kind of my, where I lost hope a little bit about what this team could really be. Um, so for me, that's like, that's the thing that sticks in my head. And, um, you know, on the post game show talking about, is this team just going to be the, the Portland Blazer or yeah, the Blazers or the Grizzlies or the, you know, whatever, you know, your, your example of a team that consistently wins a lot of regular season games or makes the playoffs, but doesn't really ever seem to make a, a real run, you know, at a, a championship. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's what's left kind of rattling around in my head right now. Okay. How about you, Jay? Uh, mine's pretty similar to Nathan and mine is the Giants game. I think the Giants game is a perfect microcosm of kind of what, what happened here. And just things should have been so much better. That game, number one, cost them the number one seed. Cost them the first round bye. We're not even playing last week. If they go out and have a bye and lose the whole season, it just it looks a little different. The fact that they couldn't beat Colt McCoy with that kind of talent. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Oh, and <laughs> you people are horrible. Yeah, I knew Andre would come through for us. That's awesome. Oh, it's happening. Evan. Evan that's terrible. <laughs> oh, At least I'm smiling. God. That way I left. <laughs> it's actually perfect. The, the, it goes from the, the Evan sad face to the, the happy. He probably bailed. He knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. I had to do it. That's hilarious. No, that was much better than my answer. Mine was depressing. So, <laughs> yeah, it was just the Giants game. The offense couldn't figure out how to attack a defense. The playoff offense looked so similar to that game where they just felt like they were banging their head against the wall. And, like, it could it was such a strange year of extremes where their offense and defense was totally flipped. But that Giants game just rings everything that went wrong and – and honestly, I had said it before the playoff game. I said it was Shoddy's most important game of his career. He was going up against Brandon Staley. Everyone was watching. Brandon Staley has five interviews, and Shoddy got fired. So really that Giants game was kind of the start of that whole thing. It's mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, this question scared Evan so much because he couldn't have answered it that <laughs> he decided to go. No, Evan had to leave us. So it's just the four of us now. Um, all right. So I think we have some Patreon questions, if I'm correct. Is that right? I think you're on mute there, Nathan. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, uh, although you asked right as I had uh, pulled it. Okay. So um, since it asked, um, who is your season MVP? Um, I think it might be good too if we want to just run through like do we want to talk about who like uh, do we want to do like offensive player of the year defense player of the year I guess we did that a little bit right in favorites so um, uh, let's just get everybody's MVP Brian do you want to start MVP overall um, Dwayne Brown Jeff I'm going to go DK Metcalf I'm going to go Carlos Dunlap. 
yeah, I'll go Dunlap too. Sure. He had a, I think that was a big turn in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, and then uh, Jonathan Taylor asked, does firing Shoddy actually change anything as long as Pete's still the head coach? I think that one, everyone is on the same page, right? Pete's still... Pete's still dictating what this offense should look like. So uh, I think ultimately no, right? Um, uh, all right, Savage TV, Brian, for you. Do you believe we should invest into finding a new defensive tackle and trade Jaron Reed? Well, the last part of it throws me a bit. I don't assume that there's a trade market for Jaron Reed at $13.5 million on the cap um, for this coming season. So... I think if you're asking should they cut him and recoup that money and spend it elsewhere sure i mean i i think it really depends there's no way that jaron reed should be 13 half million on your cap next year either you need to extend him and lower that that hit um which i'd be okay with i don't think mm-hmm. i don't think he's as bad as everybody on a lot of people on this show think he is um but I'd be fine. I haven't really looked at the the defensive line free agents pool to, to see um, if there's a, a realistic player that they could add there. But um, I, generally speaking, I think they should keep Jaron Reed and try to just uh, lower his cap hit. And can I add to that really quick? There has been a lot of chatter between a lot of people who understand the cap way better than I do um, that there will probably be a lot of reshuffling extensions, redoing contracts, changing things into signing bonuses just to help out this next year um, that they, the word on the street is that there will probably be a lot of that from a lot of teams with kind of those bigger hit players. Yeah. I'm kind of laughing. I, I see this on Twitter all the time. Like the Seahawks have 5 million of real cap space. They're screwed. Like, it's so laughable. It's such fear-mongering crap. It's so easy to create cap room. Brian mentioned a list of players that they can extend. And for people who don't know, extensions, a lot of the times, will lower the first-year cap hit. So there's guys like Dunlap, Reed, uh, Dwayne Brown, Jamal Adams, that they could potentially lower all those cap numbers. But as Dana said, there's going to be a lot of funny money moving around. Mm -hmm. Because once fans start coming back in the building – these cap, the cap is going to skyrocket very quickly again. So a lot of money is just going to get pushed forward. And some numbers that look high now in the month are not going to look completely different because you're going to be borrowing from the future to get through this season. So looking at what the current cap is and the current numbers is almost a stupid exercise <laughs> because it's easy to just, there's projections that by 2022 or 2023, the cap could be like 220 million. So if you push the money forward and it just kind of moves up like that, it's to worry about that now is a little silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, kind of along the same lines here. So Sam Brown and Imani Waddle have uh, questions about um, uh, lists of notable Seahawks you're okay to part with, or uh, do you have a surprise player um, that you would like to trade away this off season? Um, we talked a little bit about who we're okay leaving. So Jeff, do you have anyone that like, I think Brian's right about the trade value with Reed. Is there someone here that on the team that you would think would be valuable and also wouldn't, you know, hurt the team too much to lose. Or Dana, if you have an idea. I can't think of a name. I think they're kind of, they don't have a lot of guys who would generate trade interest. Unless they flip Jamal again, but biggest name has to be Tyler Lockett. That's what I was thinking. That's the only one that comes to mind. Out of this offense, 
No, I don't think they should do it, but I think that's who would garner interest. I think that of any of our players, because they know they're not getting rid of DK, they know they're not getting rid of Bobby. I mean, any of the bigger guys, Tyler might be the carrot for some, and that that scares the crap out of me because I think Tyler is is he's tailor made. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. No, you're okay to get rid of him. Russell Wilson. Hell no! Stop it! Oh my god! Again, Watson. Stop it! Just. Well, okay, so hold on. So there is one other quarterback that we're not talking a lot about. So we, we've talked about Watson, right? And I think we all agree that, you know. I'm talking about Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they have the solution in the building. Fire Pete if you can't figure this out. Just, no. Um, okay, so we've talked about Watson, and I think we all agree that you're not going to do a straight Wilson for Watson swap. You're going to have to throw in something and maybe as much as two first round picks along with Russ to get Watson. There is a quarterback who is freely available that you just need to pay money to. Brian Fitzpatrick? Huh? Dak Brian Prescott. Fitzpatrick? <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't think he'll be freely available. They're going to tag him. Yeah, they're going to think. Tag him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I in addition to Russ, though, I think Bobby is still a trade, uh, a valuable player to trade. Um, and I, I do think he's still declining. I think he's getting a little bit of the all pro love just because of inertia. Um, not to say that he's not still been very good, but I don't think he's the same quality of player he was, you know, three, four years ago. So I, I yeah, I think those are the three Lockett, Wagner. Um, and they're maybe best equipped to replace Wagner of, of all those guys. So I'll, I'll go off the, the cliff just for, for a conversation here and say, I think you have a more realistic chance of improving the position by trading Russ than by trading Tyler. Like, I think trading Tyler, I'm not sure that I see where you're going to actually plug in a player of Tyler's quality or better by getting rid of him. There is a potential like uh, Dana hates, hates, hates this conversation. I, I get it. I, a lot of people do. I, I think Deshaun Watson being a younger player and some of the things that have come out about limitations uh, of where Russell um, was able to throw the ball and not able to throw the ball and things that he does well and things that he doesn't. Um, I think if Sean Watson's really available and if you can trade Russ for Watson and um, not have him go to a team like San Francisco or something like that, I don't think it's like the worst idea that I've ever heard. Um, I've been generally against it because I think that Russ is more durable than Watson and Watson has a little bit of RG3 in him in terms of how he runs the ball and takes hits that doesn't need to. But dude's a fantastic quarterback um so i don't i don't think it's the worst idea in the world is there anyone else that could like be worth trading russell for in like a hypothetical crazy scenario can you flip in jacksonville and and get the number one pick and get triple Lawrence? but would you want to i don't know if you get i feel like if you get like if you get an unknown rookie for for an established franchise quarterback, I don't know about that. Like, I, 
Well, I think in that scenario, you're getting more coming back along with the pick, right? In the Watson scenario, you're giving up stuff with Russ to get Watson. I think in basically all any other scenario that we could talk about, you're getting more than just a number, like uh, a first round pick, right? You're getting a couple firsts or something like that, something interesting. So from that perspective, it would maybe be like the number one overall pick and maybe another a second first round pick or something like that, right? The chat is actually is, is really uh, having some opinions on this conversation, by the way. I think it's ludicrous. Sides. Uh, and I mean, no, nobody here thinks they're doing anything with Russ, right? Russ no. is coming. We should probably talk about that press conference today. Yeah. So you you listen to it, right, Jeff? Well, hold on. Let me let me scan real quick for any other Patreon questions. Yeah. Oh, so uh, the only other thing on the Patreon questions, um, John asked, uh, Braxton asked, um, John said, you know, what in the world killed Russell's Magic this year? Uh, seriously, how do you go from five touchdowns a game to two picks and struggling to win every game? Braxton asking, you know, Seahawks opponents played a lot of too deep safety, which uh, is maybe a little overblown. But uh, anyways, um, you know, what does the offense need to do to schematically counter this? I, I think if any of us had the answers to those questions, that we nobody would be asking those questions. They, they would be solved, right? Um, so I, I don't know if anyone wants to chime in on ideas about Russ, about the cover, the, the too high stuff. But I, I think really it's it's a mystery uh that only time is really gonna answer for us and isn't that that's the whole point it, here's so i keep saying listen to uh, people watching we got in the biggest fight on our chat about this so that's why he said i hate this conversation because i do but here's the thing russell wilson ninth year in the season steady consistent always good you cannot tell me in that wild card game you still didn't expect him to win it in the fourth quarter in the last few minutes he had that. Okay, I disagree. I disagree with you guys because I guarantee you that you would not have been surprised if they had figured out how to win that game. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. He had a bad half a quarter or half a season for the first time in his career. Now, granted, when he was a rookie, that was a rookie thing. So we can't really, you know, we know that there were some issues there. And I, you guys have to understand, I'm defending. I don't defend in quarterbacks. That does not happen in my world. And so that's why this flips me out so much. But here's the thing with that. I think that we cannot hold this half a season as a complete indictment of who Russell Wilson is going to be in the future. I think that we all have to wait and see what happens with a new coordinator, with a new plan, you know, and as much as Nathan hates to hear it, you know, fixing that run game a little bit. I know it was super efficient, whatever. Let's not get into that. But, and, and seeing how that works. If we have another full year of Russell Wilson playing like he did in the last couple of games in this season, that's a different conversation. But the fact that you guys would be okay with getting rid of someone who's been more consistent for this team than any other player in because of a half of a season of questionable play where the OC got fired at the end of the season, I think that's a huge jump. I think time will only tell if he's broken or if it was situational. I don't think he's broken. All I'm going to say on it. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I just want to clarify. I don't think Russ is broken. I also don't think it's accurate to say, oh, this was just a half a season. Russ, I I went back. I I did it today. I, I actually went through every single one of his games he's ever played and broke down by season. And Every season he's had a, a couple of games. He's not just mm-hmm. a couple. Last year he went like six, seven games toward the end of the season. It was basically seven games, six out of seven games where he was not good. 
and and they lost three put, running backs in the course of one game. I mean, it's, man, not, it's like, but Dana, but Dana. I know. Shut up, Nathan. I know. <laughs> no, I was handed to Nathan. Don't matter. 2017, he had a bunch of games that were like this. 2016, I mean, that was the, you know, he had, that was the one touchdown, five interception game in Green Bay that two weeks earlier, he had a 38-8 rating against Carolina. Like, even his 2013 okay. season, the last month of that season, he was shit. So, he is every pretty much every single season he has gone through a stretch where he has not been a good quarterback and it was only in this year where i think it was the longest stretch where it was just like okay 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 when are you just gonna snap out of it and he never did all the way i mean we talked about it dana even heading into the playoffs is like just one like just see him be russ again and then this team can take off and it never happened and so I don't think he's broken, but I do think it's a concern. And I do think that this was this, the first season that they've truly, truly put the, the team on his shoulders. They passed the ball a lot and they put it in his hands to, to win games, like from the beginning. And he wasn't able to sustain that for the season. He wasn't able to shoulder that load. So I think that it's fair to say, well, Maybe, maybe he, that's not who he is as a quarterback. I'm not saying that's true. I'm not coming down and like being some hot take guy on it, but I, he has not yet had a season where he deserves an MVP, a true MVP consideration. And that's the kind of player that we all think he should be. So this was the year that it should have been. It definitely wasn't. So I think it's super fair to criticize Russell. In fact, I think it's, crazy to me how much criticism pete gets and how little criticism russell gets like i see those two as like linked at the hip and it was not pete this year that kept russell from throwing the ball he had every chance so um now it's shoddy's fault you know and now shoddy's gone how many different offensive coordinators are gonna have to go through he had a good offensive line this year how many of those sacks did russell run into versus you know bad pressure so like I don't know. I, I just think he's your franchise quarterback. He wants to be the best that ever played. What comes along with that is expectations and scrutiny. And he wasn't good enough this year. So if you're telling me we're going to reload, I care about this franchise more than I do about any player or any coach, any owner. And if it means moving on from him and gives us a better chance over the next five, 10 years of winning a Super Bowl, so be it. I, I, I mean, I, I'd be sad about it, but I'd, I'd, I, want, I want them to win again. So I just wanted to clarify that was. Yeah. And for me, I'm, I bring up this Deshaun Watson conversation a lot. Let me preface it with this. It is a ridiculous hypothetical sports radio kind of conversation. Like the chances of that happening are under 1%. So when I'm saying I want Watson for Wilson, like that's just like arguing nonsense. It's not going to happen. But what Brian said is absolutely right. Uh, I think there are a lot of questions about Russell and I thought there were some couple of really good articles that went around. Uh, one guy was, I think his name's Ben Solak. He wrote a really good story on how shoddy did nothing wrong. And a lot of fans were filling my time on the other day saying, this is all shoddy's fault. And sure. There are some issues with shoddy, but watch and see Mike spin 22. I forget his name right now. Griffin. He makes spin move. Yes. Great. Great. Twitter guy has fantastic clips. He knows 
He's basically Maddie without the arrogance. Um, he has some great, great stuff on stuff shot he does well. And you saw Russell's limitations this year. And I think Nathan sent us a, a video of Drew Brees crushing like middle of the field throws. And if you watch Russell, Russell's great in the vertical game. He's great at certain things, but the middle of the field. And I thought Doug Baldwin's tweet during the playoff game was kind of hinting at this, that when D DK Metcalf flipped out and they blamed, I think they blamed the offense. He's, or he blamed something else. He's he blamed Jalen Ramsey. And Doug was like, that's not who he's talking about. So I think the more Russell got some volume this year, you saw some of the limitations and some of the concerns like the Greg Cosells of the world have had where there are questions whether – I know the best way to run an offense is like Nathan and Derek are great at explaining the most efficient way to run an offense in general. In the NFL, passing is more efficient than running. And I'm not saying running more is the solution. But I think the question now for the Seahawks is not what's the most efficient way to score points. It's what's the most efficient way for Russell. I don't think that's necessarily running more. I think that's the biggest question. How does the offense make Russell in the best spot possible? I don't know if there's a clear answer to that because last year we all thought there was. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading people's takes and some of this, like the, the offense was fine until Pete stepped in. I'm like, Pete didn't step in until Russell had like 10 turnovers in four games. Like, I don't think, unless you think that that's fine. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, there was a lot of that going around. I don't think that's the issue. Like, him not seeing guys wide open in the middle of the field, why is that a coaching issue? Yeah. I know that's not the conversation you wanted to have, Dana. You're like, your blood is but it's a conversation that needs to be had. I honestly, yeah. I, I, I think it's I think the idea of training him is ludicrous, but I think the idea of how does he get better and was he a part of what went wrong here? I think that's a conversation that people need. It's kind of the elephant in the room around the Seahawks right now. I don't know that it is the elephant in the room. That That's my whole point is that you guys, you guys, you say, we shouldn't trade Russell, but then we should trade Russell, but we shouldn't trade Russell, but then we should trade Russell. And I love hypotheticals. I get that. I, I think that that's really fun in football and that's what the off season is for. Dude, you're always yelling at us. Uh, uh, yeah. I yell all the time, <laughs> but, um, but what I do think that something that you said, and this is what just, it, it sits funny with me is the fact that you're like, you know, we can't figure out what the most efficient offense is. We have to figure out what, you know, is most efficient for Russell. Well, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? You have a franchise quarterback who has limitations. Every single one of them does. Every single one of them does. And so isn't that the point is to work with the guy who's going to and make him the best that he can be? Yes, you could go trade him out. But if you're going to do that, you're going to be stuck like the Browns and have a list down a jersey of different quarterbacks because you're trying to make him do stuff that he can't do. And so I think that that's kind of the point. When you have someone who has the talent that Russell ha Wilson has and the level that we have seen him play at and of course he's aging I get that I totally accept that and I have no problem criticizing quarterbacks where the illogical part of it is that everyone wanted him to throw more everyone wants him to do this that or the other but maybe that's not what works best for him and if we're really talking about winning 
that's what you have to figure out. If you're not going to trade him, if you're not going to get rid of him, then you have to figure out how to make him win. Uh, but we got to be real. They're not trading him. It's a, it's, exactly. It's I not going to happen. There's a chance that they're going to trade him. Yeah, yeah. Like I when I say that, I'm saying that almost in like a mocking fashion. Like it's... Right. I, I, I was answering a Patreon that. question because we love our patrons. And I think that <laughs> I honestly... That's a better answer than Tyler Lockett. I think there's a better chance that you could improve your team trading Russell Wilson than there's a chance that you can improve your team trading Tyler Lockett. Do I think it's the right move to make? Probably not. Um, but neither is trading Tyler Lockett. So yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of my point. I get it. I get it. Okay. Is that all the questions? Okay. So let's wrap up with this last one. Okay. Finish the season. We've set it to the side. We're moving on. So looking into, and this, this could be long answers, but I, I hope, I'm so sorry if, I, if you guys have to give long answers, but looking going down into the off season, more important to you, the draft or free agency? Because this year we know the draft is weird this year. We get that, you know, there's not gonna be a combine. There's, you know, they didn't really play all that much. It's a wacky, weird draft this year. We get that. So what is more important to this Seattle Seahawks team looking into the off season, the draft or free agency is who wants to go first. I'll go. It's, it's free yeah. agency. They have like four draft picks. Yeah. But you know that that won't stay that way. That's one of yeah, the, but they, it's not like they can move down from the first round. Like if you're moving down from the second round, you're getting a third and what a sixth. like you're not, those are not like the things that move big in the Jimmy Johnson trade charts. They're going to have like the 56th <laughs> pick. And then no pick to the fourth round. So I will say they do well in those mid rounds. They do. And it's very possible they hit on some stuff, but I don't think those are the kind of players you can realistically hope are going to push this team over the top. Fair. I think this team just needs tweaks. I think we've said it. Their roster is not the problem. They have the the skills, a tight end here, a third receiver, a cornerback. I think that's a far more realistic way in a normal year. I'm always a draft guy, but with no first and no third and, I think to expect no that. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird year. What about you guys, Nathan? I'm still inclined to say the draft, um, even though the opportunity there is a lot like a lot less like you guys are saying. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's still just an opportunity to get talented young players at a really cheap price, and so um, I still think that's the most important. But it's probably never been closer than it is this year mm-hmm. exactly exactly a weird year yeah I, I would normally agree with nathan um not in general but on this topic uh <laughs> but i think i'm going to answer free agency not because of the players they could sign but because they could make some really bad choices of who to keep and so um it's a really really important year for them to not sign some of these players that basically all of us said there's not a single one that you go you go to the mat and, and pay them whatever they need to keep them and if they do that with one of these players and keep themselves from from adding to the to the team elsewhere where they do need to to spend some money that's where there's a real risk so um last year they made my year by waving justin Britt. i did not think they were going to have the mm-hmm. foresight to do that they did it those are the kind of moves that can make a lot of things possible um, this off season. Mm-hmm. 
And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know enough about the draft this year. I feel so disconnected from college ball, but is it like, is it like last year it was all about the wide receivers, right? Like this year, I mean, the two quarterbacks and really is there, is there a position that sticks out like crazy that Seattle needs to go after? Not this year. Right. Am I not wrong about that? It's like, not this year. Hard to say like the draft running back. Yeah, probably running back. Yeah. Don't say that, Nathan. Nathan would say <laughs> they need a late round or mid round pick on a running back so that they he don't spend money no. on an early round. Pick. In the sixth round. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, I would have dropped the 23rd. A receiver would be great, but this team doesn't really do that. Right. Um, it's a draft that like, doesn't have a lot of like top end defensive talent. There's, there's some quarterbacks, there's some running, there's some interesting receivers that are going to go in the top 15. And then it's kind of like the quote I said to you, where everyone from pick 15 to 60 is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and it's going to be a lot of, and the way Seattle drafts where they do all their research on grit and who's overcome stuff and their, their, their picks are probably going to be pretty weird this year. So don't expect Seattle to get back to normal. It's going to be guys that when you Google them, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at the fifth round or something true it's true all right guys well that is our show for today um thank you guys all for hanging out with us um if you haven't um hit the subscribe button or give us a thumbs up please that would be huge and we'd be very thankful for that um also if you haven't join our patreon we have a great time that slack channel is crazy like those guys go off on the slack channel and there's some smart cookies over there i i just love reading through all of that so and there is a positive vibes only section for those of us who like that section a lot. So make sure you hit that up. Um, it's Patreon slash Hawkblogger, correct? Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. Yep, absolutely. So check that out. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you guys work in the off season. Are we doing this again next week? Are we going to take a couple weeks off? I don't know. We'll let you know though. So keep track you of it. Subscribe and you'll find out when our absolutely. next show is. We, we, we generally go to a, a little bit less frequent, but uh, we will see folks pretty soon. There's the off season is one of my favorite mm-hmm. parts. I, I like nothing can really, you can't lose in the off season in the same way. <laughs> can't be disappointed. Um, no, like <laughs> there's a lot of possibility and hope. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully we'll, we'll, uh, We'll see how things go on free agency. A lot of good stuff coming. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.